This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you in part by Rosedale Communications, offering author-centric literary consulting, writing, and editing services to help you capture your voice, craft your message, edit your content, and publish your completed manuscript for business or ministry online at craftingyourmessage.com. Hey there, it's producer Michael Miracle here. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. We are your on-air resource as a workplace believer. And check out our website for tons more I Work For Him resources. We've got blogs and podcasts and reading material and all sorts of fun stuff there. Plus, a link to listen to the live show several times a day. Yep, head to the website. That's IWorkForHim.com. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. And the listen tab's up there on the top left. Click that, then click the live link, and you can listen to us live every weekday. That's IWorkForHim.com. I work the number for him.com. And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for, hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our nine to five. This is the I Work For Him podcast. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon as we broadcast from Bend, Oregon. Wow, is it ever nice here? You guys should check out this. I mean, to sit in a city that's nice and beautiful and then you're surrounded by incredible mountains. As I understand, there's seven peaks here. I believe they call them the Cascade Mountains. Is that correct? I think that's correct. All right. We just want to welcome you to I work for him this afternoon. Check us out online. Yeah, they can find us at IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. That's IWorkForHim.com. And there, Jim, people can find all kinds of information. Our past interviews that we've had set up in the form of podcasts, being able to subscribe to those on different platforms, as well as our latest Facebook feeds and um I don't know, just about anything we decide to put out there. And you got lots of great stuff going out there. Love for you also to give us some comments, your feedback on the I Work For Him listener line, 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK. All right. It's incredible, but today we are, as we mentioned, on location in Bend, Oregon, at the international headquarters of the World Changer Network. Find them online at worldchangernetwork.com, worldchangernetwork.com. This show is brought to you through a kingdom collaboration between the World Changer Network and, of course, the I Work For Him radio show. We like to call this new collaboration the I Work For Him World Changer Radio Network. James and Anna Kramer, many time, well, okay, a few time guests on I Work For Him and soon to be a guest again very, very soon. Founders of the World Changer Network, they feel led by God to introduce the world to the only one capable of bringing real change, Jesus Christ. James and Anna have arranged for us to interview some amazing people all week long and beyond people who are gathered here in Bend, Oregon for the Hub Nation Summit 2018. Today, we're interviewing Bobby and Becky Hobby, senior leaders at Eagle Mountain. You can check them out. And that's it. It's a, oh, it's a big organization. It's a church. It's a I'll let them explain it, but you can find them (laughs) online, eaglemountain.global, eaglemountain.global, Bobby and Becky Hobby. Welcome to I Work For Him. Jim and Martha, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. We're so glad to be here. Well, we're excited. I mean, we've been hearing about you guys for, you know, a year now from James and Anna and so excited that every time they talk about you, they get this big smile and they just talk about how amazing you are. So hopefully you'll live up to that reputation here on the radio today. No <laughs> pressure. So, no yeah. pressure no, at all. No pressure. None. But we're excited to get to introduce you to our listeners and hear a little bit about your heart and why God has you, where he has you and what he is doing through you. And I'm very excited about that. So we always ask this question of new guests on our show. And, and it's because people need to hear faith stories. They need to hear. So, Bobby, talk to us how you came to be a follower of Jesus. 
my conversion was that I had had a praying mom and a praying grandmother. Neat. And I didn't stand a chance. <laughs> I was off doing my thing in the music industry and uh, not following the Lord. And I had chased the carrot. I had some success in the music industry and just was not fulfilling the big hole in my heart that Mm -hmm. only Jesus could fill. And one day I just remember crying out to the Lord and saying, God, what is happening with my life? What is your plan? And I sort of said that facetiously, not thinking he would answer me, um, but just, Oh God. And sure enough, uh, this audible voice came into my room and he said, you've cried her name to sleep every night for three weeks. But tonight you said my name once and I've been here your whole life. It startled me. I had never had any encounters with the Lord or any thought for any encounters with the Lord. And that night when his voice came into my room, everything changed. Hmm. I love that. How long ago was that? That was almost 24 years ago. Nice. Yeah. All right. Becky Hobby, talk to us about how you came to be a follower of Jesus. And we also need to know why he was crying your name at night. <laughs> That's because uh, before we got saved, we were actually living together. And um, he was on the road a lot uh, with music and stuff. And our our relationship just got to this point where he was gone so long and for um, so many hours, I just felt like I was alone and Mm -hmm. I didn't want to have that type of uh, relationship any longer. So I broke up with him and um, we were apart for a year. And in that year, we... We saw each other once after he was saved, and I knew I noticed there was something different about him, mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't do anything to connect with him or anything like that. But one day I was looking for something really cool in, um, you know, to write in a card, and I opened the Bible. And when I opened the Bible, I just all of a sudden decided to go to Genesis, and I started to read the Bible uh, wow. from the very start. And from that moment on, I could not put the Bible down. I slept with it. I took it to work with me. I read it on breaks. And I started to have all of these different questions coming to my mind. And the only person I knew who was saved was Bobby. So (laughs) I ended up calling him and over uh, several days of phone conversations, asking him a lot of questions, uh, he finally said, well, would you like to ask the Lord into your heart? And I said, sure. And he led me to the Lord over the phone. Wow. Man, that is a great. That's a cool one. Now, it wasn't probably right after that you guys started dating again, but that probably at least gave you some motivation to get back together then, huh? Yeah, it was. uh, So we, yes, we were actually living in two different states at that time. And every, I was making a lot of money at the job I had. But when I got saved, um, Bobby prayed this prayer. And he asked the Lord, he said, anyone who is in her life right now, Lord, that would uh, distract her or pull her away from you, would you shut down those relationships? The next day I went to work, no one would talk to me. Not only were my other relationships in my lives shut down, but all of the finances shut down. Mm. And I was still working, still making this money, but it's like, where did this money go? And um, I couldn't afford to live where I was anymore. And Bobby says, why don't you move up here to Bend, Oregon? And I said, well, okay, I'll do it. I moved up here, but you know what we did? We, um, we decided, we sat down and we said, listen, we've had a relationship in the past, mm-hmm. but we don't want to fall into similar ruts 
of what we were in our old lives. We are new creations in Christ. So we established boundaries within our relationship where we said, we're not going to even go into that um, type of relationship until we know first who God is. And if he calls us to come into a place of marriage, then we'll, we'll visit that at that time. But first and foremost, we need to remain in a friendship relationship. So we did. Mm. How long did that last, Bobby? About one year. And I asked the Lord because of the way that I had followed and chased the carrot. Uh, I had asked the Lord if marriage is supposed to happen, I need you to ask her to ask me. And she's from the South. That doesn't happen. No, I am supposed to go through her dad and all 12 of his shotguns (laughs) and everything else. And um, And he's not kidding because I've seen dads like that with shotguns. Yes. And he is a military man. And so I just, and so I said, Lord, this will be supernatural. And instead of me leading the way on this and in the music industry, I had learned to sort of carve my own path, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going to do that anymore. So I said, Lord, if it's you, I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to ask her. You're going to ask her to ask me. And one day we were hiking up around one of the waterfalls around central Oregon. And sure enough, surprising as I never thought it would happen. I only whispered a prayer. She asked me to marry her. Wow. What day was that? That was four, six months prior to uh, September 16th, 1995. Very, very yeah. cool. And, and Becky, did you didn't know he was praying that you didn't know he was at, he was waiting for you to ask him. Had no idea, no clue. So he says you're from the south. Where are you from? Louisiana. Louisiana. Wow, Louisiana girl in Oregon. Now there's a, <laughs> there's some moving. The <laughs> cultures is. are slightly different. Just slightly, especially you know I'm from the New Orleans area, and so you can imagine coming out here it was culture shock. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, I imagine. But I mean, but the, but, but the culture here is vibrant as well. All right. So you guys are both pastors at this church, Eagle Mountain, yes. and you don't call it a church. It just says Eagle Mountain on it. So people have to kind of walk in there to figure out, Hey, this church is going on in here. <laughs> how do you guys, and there's only 30 seconds. So I'm going to let Becky answer this question. How do you guys work to protect your marriage on a day by day basis? for the attacks that usually come on people who are pastors? Well, we uh, there's a several different things that we do, but one of the things that we do is we always go to bed together at night. Amen. And we're always checking in with each other throughout the day. And if there's meetings that we have that are with someone of the opposite sex, we make sure that we're in a, a public place where we're both aware of our schedules and we also uh, check in with each other. Mm-hmm. And if someone isn't there to be in that relationship to, or in that meeting with us, we're, we're together in that meeting. Mm-hmm. And, but I, you didn't, Bobby, she didn't mention praying together, but I imagine you guys do a fair amount of praying together, don't you? We live by prayer. We have to. Mm-hmm. And date days every Monday. All right. Today, our guests are Bobby and Becky Hobby. They're senior leaders here at Eagle Mountain. Eagle Mountain is a church. It's an organization. What are, what are all the different things is Eagle Mountain, Mountain involved in? I mean, you're a church on Sundays, but you're in organizational leadership. And I mean, what, what talk about the stuff that you do. We are involved in all spheres of society. Mm-hmm. We just felt like the Lord said, if you're going to be relevant, you need to be present. And so it's... Uh, sort of daunting sometimes, but the city needs to know we're present. The business mm-hmm. community needs to know we're present. And so, yes, we've got a lot going around this campus uh, every day, pretty much all day. And so we're connected as much as we can. Church realm, business realm, government. Uh, we've got some infrastructure things we're doing with the city, helping them build affordable housing, uh, the way the road works should go. 
And uh, yeah, we love it. Yeah, you should have told them, why didn't you just put a tunnel through the butte so that the roads could be straight around here? <laughs> <laughs> but that's so pretty. Well, they could, that's why the tunnel that's could true. go through oh. it, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I wanted to ask you, we, we want to ask you some really seriously deep questions, but I want to go back to the World Changer Network, mag, World Changer Magazine. You guys both wrote articles for the last one that was out. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, uh, I'm going to hit your article first, Bobby. You, you wrote one, two paragraphs that really stuck out of my mind. And I underline them. This is many, many, many months ago. Well, after January, when we met James and Anna the first time face to face. You said Noahs are emerging. Noahs are types of people who create strong alliances and deep bonds of trust because they're constant, even in the darkest hours. And I'm going on to the value of these Noah types of people is revealed when an idea needs to be launched and the innovator of the idea has spent his or her capacity in creation and seems to have no room for the next step. Often it's the first person to join the movement who actually creates necessary momentum for the next level, not always the originator. How do you see that all relating to the World Changer Network? I see the World Changer Network providing the next for people. If you can think about the Noahs of the world uh, being given the task of starting a new civilization, I mean, that's really what's going on. And you've got to choose. If you're the Lord, you've got to choose who that's going to look like, what type of person they're going to be, and what type of model they're going to create for everyone else. That's exactly what the world changer is doing. It's bold, it's audacious, and it's creating the next for people and saying, why can't we? It's kind of funny, as I reread that article today in preparation for the interview, I thought, because that's really where Martha and I are at with, with I work for him. We have been, we're, we're not creators, you know, we, but yet God has given us the ability to create this. We're not visionaries, yet God told us to have a vision to do this. We're, we're number twos in an organization. We're not CEO types. And yet that's where we're at. We're to that point where God created us to, had to start this, but we're at the spot now where alliances are needed in order for us to grow this thing nationally. And, and I loved that just to be reminded of that. And, and I love the Noah story. We spent many, have you guys gotten out to the Ark Encounter in Cincinnati yet? No, not yet. Oh mm. my gosh. You know what I'm talking about? Bobby's got this look at his face. Like, what is he talking about? And why is he talking about it on my radio show? We did go to the, uh, Holy Land experience in Florida. Ah, yes. Yes. So the Ark Encounter, um, by the answers in Genesis, Ken Ham people, yes. they created a uh, life-size reel as best as they could surmise from all the, the deep data that they put together and arc and all of that it may have um, um, encompassed the and engineering where concerns. we just had lunch today or no we were following a vehicle um, down the highway here in Bend, sticker. Oregon, and they had an ARC sticker. So they've oh, wow. been there. Somebody has gone from. You got to go. You need to get your whole congregation out. There's, it's an amazing experience. Oh, All right, yes. back to you guys. But I, th- that was because of Noah. Noah made but me Noah. think of that. Right. <laughs> Becky, in your article, you wrote, I believe the time is now for the body of Christ to come together to mobilize God's initiatives in our communities, cities, and regions. I envision all nations being given the opportunity to choose whether they will come into God's field. Excuse me. I got a hold a little further. Come into God's fold and realize their purpose on earth, the one that God has spoken, fashioned, and knitted in them from the very creation of their land. The time is now, but boy, we seem more disconnected and more vitriolic towards each other than ever before, whether it's inside, quote unquote, Christian organizations or outside in the in the world. I don't see this whole unity thing happening very much. I know, right? I think that's part of why we're doing what we're doing this weekend because it is it is the time for us. We have a we have a gap of time and 
a window of time that we really need to figure this part out. How are we going to do it? What is it going to look like? And I think it's going to take everyone from all different walks of Christianity to come together and say, are we willing to lay down our pet whatever Mm -hmm. to say it's for the Lord and this is what we're all going to agree to do. And we don't have to all believe everything, you know, in all of its form and fashion, but we need to be able to say, for the Lord, we're going to do something and we're no longer, we've, we're tired of sitting around doing nothing, talking about it mm-hmm. and hoping that one day we'll come together in unity. But I think what it's going to take is people who are willing to, on an ordinary people like us, who are willing to say, I will lay down whatever because I just want the kingdom of God advanced, his heart desire realized, and I want to be a part of that. Describe the characteristics, Bobby Hobby, of the people that will be able to be part of that unified movement, because I think there's some some specific things that will have to be in those people. Yeah. Back to the Noah story. Um, What was neat was when the ark had landed, um, the ark had no rudder on it. So it was people that decided the Lord's in charge of where we're going. No one can steer this boat. No one can steer where we're headed except the Holy Spirit. They've come to a place of humility where they say, I need someone else in my corner, in my back pocket. I need what you have. So they emerged from the ark with no rudder, two by two. They got in two by two and they emerged two by two. If you think about that, that's a concept for me of who do I need? And also whose success is on my mind. I think part of this is as we, uh, we get into the same room together, we come into an agreement of what we are going, how we're going to behave together, create a language and a culture that is shaped around the body of Christ in serving the Lord in his desires. And so it's going to take us all getting into the same room. Selflessness too. I mean, it's just, it really, that's what you described, Bobby. We're talking with Bobby and Becky Hobby. The Eagle Mountain is their organization. You can find them online, eaglemountain.global. And again, these interviews have all been brought to you by World Changer Network. Check them out online, worldchangernetwork.com. As we all gather together in Bend, Oregon, what an incredible place, Martha, to celebrate what the Lord is doing and and to hear some great stories. You know, it really is. And Becky, something you just said made me... um, want to kind of dive in just a little bit in the sense that we are so, we feel like we're so connected sometimes because of social media and because of all of the different ways, you know, I can, I can learn about you on the internet and I can connect to different organizations, but being in the same room together Mm -hmm. creates a whole different set of relationships and agreement. Like you said, because we don't, you know, you don't have any skin in the game on the internet as far as connections, but to be able to have the dialogue that's going to happen and, and really talk strategy and really get into the nuts and bolts, I think um, makes a big difference. And so how is that going to be seen at Hub Nation? Can you address that a little bit for people? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that we're doing is we are, uh, we're having everyone sit at uh, different tables Mm. and we're purposefully making the tables where they're going to, they're going to be a little tight. And it's, it's going to be a tight scenario where we're almost shoulder to shoulder Mm -hmm. because it's in those types of environments that with that type of scenario in place, we actually can grow our, our bonds of trust and safety a lot faster. Mm -hmm. You know, emotional health is a really key component of coming into this place of unity. And so as we are getting into this tight circled 
uh, table by table, and we're grouping everybody by what they're um, they what do they prominently um, serve in? Is it in business or is it in, in government or science and technology? And we're circling them around the tables of the same like people, mm. so that they have something in common already. Mm. I love that. And you've you've asked everybody to take the culture index. Everybody that's in attendance, which I I, I saw that uh, they sent out an email today going, hey, you still got some tests to take. Talk to us about that culture index. What, what does it tell people about each other, about themselves? Excuse me. Yeah. So it tells you um, sort of in the team atmosphere, how do you function? Everything that we're doing has to be about collaboration. And so it tells you about you. It tells you your strengths. It tells you uh, what level that you fly at. Are you the 100,000 foot visionary or are you the 5,000 foot get her done? I know how to put my ducks in a row and make sure that I have tangibles for myself, measurables. And then it gets you thinking, who am I surrounded with? So all of these tables, we went to James and Anna and we said, hey, we're tired of having conferences where you just talk about things and nobody actually does anything. And it doesn't equal city transformation. So I know, let's have a new thought. And so we, James and Becky are strategists. That's just what they do. And so we said, if you ask me to do it, it's not going to get there. I'll keep you up in the 100,000 <laughs> foot ethereal, mm-hmm. but they will keep us in the practical tangible. Our guests in studio today, Bobby and Becky Hobby. They run an organization called Eagle Mountain. You can find out online, eaglemountain.global. It's a church. It's a consultancy. It's, it's, a, it's an equipping place to send Christ followers around the world to make an impact on their cities, their communities. And all of this is made possible by James and Anna Kramer from World Changer Network. Check them out online, worldchangernetwork.com. All right, Bobby and Becky, you guys have to share these answers uh, because you can't fight over it because you guys are both used to sharing the platform. What's the most important message the body of Christ needs to hear from you right now, Bobby Hobby? Happy. How to put apostolic feet to prophetic hope. Okay, you got to explain that for the normal the rest of us who have no idea what you just said. Okay, so God puts a dream inside your heart. It's okay. a God-sized dream. Yep. You start praying it through. It starts sort of incubating in your heart, and you're walking that out. Lord, what am I going to do? So often our dreams just stay there in the ethereal realm. So what we do is, how do we put strategy? How do we put apostolic feet? If you think about the gospel, it says that the gospel is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And so that's two types of people, not just people with badges. It's two types of people. The prophetic are dreamers. They're a year or two or sometimes, you know, in the Bible, centuries down the road. They're, they're bringing language to and prayer to what God wants to establish on the planet. But when the apostles come, they're the get or done type of people. They're the strategists that say, how are we going to actually put tangibles to the dream that's in your heart? Have you ever had a dream in your heart? It's a prophetic vision. You know, God's given it to you, but you don't know how to walk it out. That's what the apostolic side does. So to put apostolic feet to prophetic hope is to give you strategy beyond the dream. Well, a lot of times people will use the word calling, you know, with what you've just described as a prophetic, you know, a, a Something God's laid on your heart, that, that a calling that people, this is, this is what you've been given a unique set of gifts, talents, and abilities to execute. And like, what do we do with this? And a lot of people don't, don't realize that that's just been put there by God. Yeah. I mean, it, a lot of, a lot of people go to church in churches around the country, Becky hobby that have never been told that their work even matters to God. What is the message that God's laid on your heart? Becky, you pointed to Bobby. He had to go first. <laughs> What's the message that you think is on that, that God's placed on your heart for the body of Christ? 
I think it's that every person has a significant role to play in the body of Christ today. And all of us, whatever that is, it's a piece and it's a component that we can't live without. And the significance of what that role is, I think is what probably a lot of people, they just see it as um, normal. And everybody does that kind of thing. It's almost like it's a, bl- it's a blind spot. You know, every, their strengths are their blind spots. And so recognizing and, and knowing how to utilize their strengths for the kingdom of God, to leverage what God wants to have happen um, in their city or in their, in their church or in their region. So Becky, what's the most important thing that God's calling you to do right now? It's to help people. It's to build out the system, the process, and the structures so that those people and um, the, the body of Christ can actually see how it can be done. It's, it's to develop a, a culture that is the body of Christ culture so that we can begin to act as a unified body of Christ across denomination, across any other types of lines. Mm-hmm. And unity is a big conversation for us because... What does the, what does scripture say? They're going to know mm-hmm. about our heavenly father because of our unity. And are we seeing the unity right now? Well, imagine if, so well. Imagine <laughs> if 40,000 denominations could come together and agree to one thing. I mean, how cool would that be? I mean, exactly. and, and if we could just agree that, wow, what the Bible has to say is true. And Jesus really is the savior and our heavenly father speaks to us through his, the, the Holy spirit. And we all, just as the Bible says, we as Christ followers are in, we are indwelled by the Holy Spirit and we have the power, but yet we just, most of us don't even, we don't, we don't walk around like we have the power from God to execute anything. We walk around like we've got a power pack on our back that was drained 20 years ago and we don't have any power. I mean, Bobby, how do you help your congregation, number one and two? He, learn to hear the voice of God because not everybody's going to hear an audible voice, but we all need to be listening because God won't always yell. Most of the time it's that still small voice. And how do we walk then in the power that the Bible talks about? Absolutely. God will shout his truths, but he will whisper his secrets. And I think that one of the things that I love doing is helping people understand their role in the body of Christ and how significant their role is. There's two words for church in the new Testament. One is oikos. That's family. The other one is ecclesia. And that's those who shape culture. The ecclesia groups would go out after the Romans would conquer a land and their groups, they were the ecclesia groups and they would go and they knew that if they didn't culturize what they had just conquered, Mm -hmm. then that area or region would go back to its old ways. So even they knew that. So how are we not transforming society? We've got the most powerful culture on the planet. It's the culture of heaven. How is that not yet shaped society? So we have an angst about that. We've got an unfair advantage. I mean, there's a, that is a great author out of Pensacola, Florida. Dr. Jim Harris wrote this book, Our Unfair Advantage, Unleashing the Power of the Holy Spirit in Your Business. How many sermons have ever been preached on that? Right. I, I mean, you just don't even hear it. So, but, but that's, you guys are equipping people in your church to understand that, aren't you, Becky? We are. And that's actually part of what we, uh, we talk about a lot. And we just did on Sunday, we talked about how, um, vision and we, you know, that's one of the things that Bobby does well is he constantly communicates guys, this is what we're after city transformation. We're after transformation of the world, but it starts 
in our own cities. So how are we in the places that God has put us in, the, the roles in our community, how are we transforming it, reforming it, and bringing kingdom principles into those places? Leaders from all spheres of society are learning right now how to um, position themselves next to powerful people. It's so important that we learn that. Can you imagine James growing up in the house of Jesus, watching Jesus become Jesus Mm -hmm. and still feeling significant? That's my brother, Jesus. They slept in the same room. Jesus got to tell his stories of what happened in his dream last night or how God spoke to him last night. And there's James learning to become significant while watching Jesus knock it out of the park. And conversely, Jesus is having to be powerful. Jesus knowing that he's in the prime of his life, but creating space for James to happen too. Right. It's amazing. Mm. So Bobby, what is it that you believe the body of Christ needs to know right now? I believe that the body of Christ needs to know that it's time for mothers and fathers to emerge. I feel like without mothers and fathers and without knowing that there's mothers and fathers, we're going to stay isolated. The unity that we talked about a little bit ago, I think mothers and fathers are supposed to be the catalyst for championing unity. I've been in unity where we champion championing each other around an event or even a cause. But when we champion each other around who we are, that lasts. And you get that mother and father heart behind what we're doing. I'll have, someone will have much more credibility in my life if I know they're for me. They won't have as much credibility in my life if I know we're just championing around something that's a win-win situation. Does that make sense? It does make sense. We're talking today with Bobby and Becky Hobby. From Eagle Mountain, eaglemountain.global online, eaglemountain.global. All brought to you by the World Changer Network, worldchangernetwork.com. I know by now I've said it many times in the last several days, really want you to check out World Changer Network. It's just an incredible, this is a movement of God, and we're so excited to be able to highlight it. Becky, what about you? What would you say the body of Christ most needs right now? Emotional health understanding that their roles within the church are to equip them for the Monday through Saturday and um, a commitment to uh, being willing to lay it all on the line, give their everything. Boy, and seeing that demonstrated though, because a lot of Christ followers, they, they may have been told, Hey, we just need to give it all up. We, we were called to set, you know, lay it all at the, at the foot of the cross. Yet how many people have seen their pastor do that? Yeah. I mean, be, I mean, to give it all up. I mean, be, be willing to give up whatever God asks you to do. Walk away from, you know, uh, popularity. Walk away from money. Walk away from influence and just be obedient to our Heavenly Father, which sometimes means you have to walk away from things that this world could, uh, says are important. Mm-hmm. Have you guys had to do that? We sure have. And I don't think you have power to reproduce yourself unless you're modeling it. So all the things that the Lord takes you through, they're not just for you. And I think that's what we've learned, haven't we, Becky, that most of the things that we're going through that we're watching, people are watching. Um, Second Samuel 18, 18, it's an amazing verse, change your life. And it says this, um, Absalom had no sons and therefore built a monument to himself. I remember being in Israel with the uh, scholar who does the word wealth for Jack Hayford's Bible. And it was almost like the sun opened up and there were these sun rays 
coming down on this nice, beautiful building. And I said, what is that? And he goes, that's Absalom's monument. And as soon as I, he said that, the Lord spoke to my spirit and said, you're going to want to learn about that. So I came home and sure enough, I found 2 Samuel 18, 18. Absalom built that monument because he had no sons. It is time for mothers and fathers who know how to raise up sons and daughters or else they will build a monument to themselves. Okay, but part of that, though, goes down to building up the family. The church has to get behind the strengthening of marriages and strengthening of families. So what are you guys doing different here at Eagle Mountain to build up marriages and strengthen families? Because it's two parts. Because a husband and wife, that's a higher priority in a family than the kids. The husband and wives have to have a strong relationship in order to raise strong kids. What are you guys doing different here? We're asking all the questions to all of our mothers, to all of our new parents. We're asking all the questions that most people don't ask them. We're putting them in groups where there's peer accountability. How are you raising? We're giving them a platform of biblical understanding of how to raise their kids, how to walk in healthy marriage, but we're causing a peer accountability So it just doesn't have to come from the top down. Hmm. How do you ask the hard questions is most important for parents. What are people trying to put the facade on? I'm a good parent, aren't I? Uh, (laughs) But let's just go back to, I mean, our society today, we're 60 years into the whole sexual revolution. Gosh, almost 70 years. No, 60 60 years into the sexual revolution. What are you guys doing to strengthen marriages so therefore they can care about raising solid kids? And when we come back, we'll let Becky Hobby answer that question. We've got on location. We are with Bobby and Becky Hobby from Eagle Mountain. You can find out, find them online, eaglemountain.global, eaglemountain.global. Right before the break, I was hammering these guys. These guys run a church, and they're just talking about the strength of the family being so critical to transforming communities. And I was asking specifically, what are you doing differently? Because the church has really... I can't think of the word right off the top of my head, but they, they've really walked away from the role of showing what solid marriages look like. They've ignored, you know, they, uh, as a whole, although not categorically, they've ignored the, the plague of divorce and dealing with the repercussions of divorce. Divorce is something that is part of our society today. 50% of the kids are being impacted by it. What are you doing specifically at Eagle Mountain to build up marriages to make so that they can withstand it? Yeah, well, one of the things that we're doing is constantly looking at what courses and groups that we can connect with that are uh, geared toward creating tools and strategies to help marriages stay together. So we uh, we implement those uh, either yearly or uh, however often we feel the Holy Spirit uh, leading us. But we found one that has a, a lot of really good, great tools. It also has an app. And so what we... What is that? It's the Love, uh, or Love After Marriage, Nothing Hidden Ministries. Okay. And one of the things that uh, we've done is we've taken uh, almost our entire church through... Uh, all the different uh, couples through love after marriage okay. and and then we do follow up with them and some of the marriage couples have gone through it twice but you know the the part that I really love about that is that it has tools that are usable and people are reminding each other of these tools as mm. they are uh, because they remember hey we went through this together yeah how are you doing in your marriage? And part of that uh, group was saying, how are you connecting with another couple or several couples to say within your table to say, how are you guys doing with your marriage? So um, groups, marriage groups, 
uh, doing a marriage course, having events, looking for events like you guys have coming up here, uh, the marriage cruise, things like this are so vital and important. And uh, we constantly are communicating throughout the year how important it is for uh, parent or parents Mm -hmm. to not have a parent led or a kid led uh, marriage or yeah. a kid led family, but mm-hmm. to have to mom and dad, you know, with the Lord surround, you know, there, that's gotta be at the, the very core of their family. So those are some things we also are, um, we talk about emotional health. And so what do you mean when you say that emotional health, that what I mean by that is getting, uh, getting us to a place, uh, where emotionally we are, uh, we're healthy enough to be honest with one another, to share, uh, to n- no longer hide our true selves from one another, uh, to learn how to process and communicate processing feelings uh, in a healthy manner, in a way that it isn't hurting other, um, you know, our spouse or uh, another person we're in relationship with. So emotionally, it's like, you know, all that soul work. Mm-hmm. It's things that are connected to uh, us living who we really are and being able to do it without playing in the drama triangle, victim, blame shifter, or rescuer. All right. So I got a question. Okay. Yep. So you guys are senior leaders here at Eagle Mountain. You guys are the, you're really, you're like the senior pastors of this church. Most senior pastors, people elevate them in their minds to say, well, they're just so much better at this whole Jesus thing. They don't have any problems. How do the people in your congregation know that you're just as screwed up as they are, that that the redeeming grace of Jesus was just as much necessary for you as for them? I mean, do you guys talk about, I mean, how do you, how do you let them know that your marriage has struggles just like theirs do. I mean, how do you communicate that transparency? Oh, no, I want to hear from Bobby first. <laughs> oh, up. she's excited. Oh, I know. Share. Bobby, I want to know. How, because the men in your congregation yes. need to know that you have struggles too. Yes, absolutely. I, ha- I look for moments to be vulnerable, whether it's at one-on-one meetings, men's meetings, whatever. I look for moments to be vulnerable. I look for moments to say the hard things like, I don't know. That's where I lean on Becky. Or... What do you guys think? I don't know how to do that. I make sure that I am vulnerable and I'm modeling a vulnerability. And then on the things that I'm aware of, I show up. They need to see a guy who in one second is completely vulnerable saying, guys, give me input. And then two seconds later, oh, I have a strength that I can bring to the table and I'm confident and I show up 100%. Becky just talked about EQ and you've got your IQ. I, I I want people to perceive me as being intelligent. But the emotional side of things and how I show up emotionally, that's so important. Those guys need to see my passion. They need to see um, sometimes fears or they need to see me crying out for the Lord. There's those things I cannot withhold from them. And most guys right now are put into a box, a stereotypical box that I can't show my emotions at all. So for our listeners sake, I just want to remind them we're talking to Bobby and Becky Hobby from Eagle Mountain. EagleMountain.global is their website that you can find them. And Becky, you were very excited <laughs> about adding your two cents of um, uh, to this question. So, what do you what do you want to add? I just want to add too. You know, when we work on uh, in a ministry within our church uh, on a Sunday or um, midweek or whatever. It is at that time too, it's working side by side with other people where they see our lives yeah. and they see how we, we act 
and behave toward one another. And they can tell, like there's sometimes I'm like, I'm not having a really good day right now. And I'm not liking my husband right now. And, but I love him. And it's letting them see the realness and the rawness of that and how we work through things Mm -hmm. that helps model. They see, feel and touch what we're going through. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so anytime we're on a team and we're, we're serving together on that team and we're, we've had a hard day. They hear about it. They know about it. They do. Yeah. You know, that, that vulnerability, that transparency is really, um, very teachable for everybody to see that, you know, marriage is hard. It does take work. It's not like just instant. The minute you say your vows, everything, it doesn't just keep getting better all because of how, you know, I, um, just the way it is. No, it takes effort and it takes intentionality. But at the same time, when you show somebody a rough day, and then you make it through and you go, oh boy, that's going to be a teaching moment. That's going to be part of a sermon <laughs> illustration oh, yeah. or whatever. That's great. If Bobby. Becky and I, oh, excuse me. No, go ahead. If Becky and I can do that on every level, uh, one day we're in front of someone that's on our staff. The, the next day we're in front of a, uh, uh, maybe a couple who's struggling to mm-hmm. be married or parents. Um, and then the next day we're in front of high level CEOs. It's all the same thing. Everybody puts their pants mm-hmm. on it the same way mm-hmm. and they're all struggling. If I can learn at home how to understand that I'm not trying to create and make my wife into my image, I'll take that into the workplace where I'm creating team of teams, high level executives. The best way to form a team and anybody knows this is to make sure that the people on your team aren't just like you. Mm. And so I'm translating. They're smarter than you. (laughs) Absolutely. And so if I learn that going into business and apply the same thing to my marriage, I'll understand that Becky was sent by the Lord with gifts that I don't have. I should be leveraging that in business. I see that as a commodity Mm -hmm. in the home. I don't always. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a good word. And there's so much. We could take that in so many different directions, but we're almost out of time. You guys both identified a specific need that the body of Christ really needs right now. But how is Eagle Mountain going to be part of this next huge movement of the Lord of impacting the seven cultural mountains of, of really getting Christ followers mobilized to impact our country? by being audacious enough to create hubs and apostolic resource centers that um, leverage their relationships with their city officials and get the body of Christ understanding that we don't have transformation unless we become a part of the conversation. So my role, say that again, we don't have transformation unless we become part of the conversation. Correct. Wow. Which takes a lot of mobilization. It does. And that's a lot of alliteration. That's right. <laughs> you said, I interrupted because I want to make sure people understand apostolic centers. What'd you say? Apostolic what? resource, resource centers. centers. Yes. What, what is that? That is yes. like a library for Christians. What is that? Those are ARCs, apostolic resource centers. They are the innovative centers that are liaisons between the church community and the other seven uh, spheres or six spheres of culture. They have leveraged relationships. They come in with a servant's heart and mentality. And the city finally goes, oh, you're no longer absent or or irrelevant. The church is now becoming a part of the conversation and they're doing it through wanting to serve our initiatives. Mm. Becky, what about you? I think I'm in agreement with what Bobby is saying. And um, if we, I want to do it at the church level and I would like to see I would like to see all the churches coming together in their community Mm -hmm. and going after uh, transforming our city and helping to solve the the 
specific needs of our city, not all of them. I don't want to do an entitlement social justice type of um, thing where they see us as maybe uh, in a weird way of trying to, um, you know, do something, but really come into a place of partnering with our city to enhance and bring kingdom principles into that Mm -hmm. structure. Bobby and Becky Hobby, thank you so much for being on I Work Friend this afternoon. Thank you so much. Thank it's you. Been our it's great having you here. Yeah. Make sure you check them out online, eaglemountain.global, eaglemountain.global. And again, brought to you by World Changer Network. Check them out online, worldchangernetwork.com. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for, for him. him.